Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These discussions are about how to discover, develop, and deliver endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility—excuse <laughs> me—step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host Scott Perry, author of Endeavor and founder of Creative on Purpose. Learn more about me and my work at becreativeonpurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest, Dylan Locke. Great to have you here. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where our viewers can connect with you to learn more. Thanks, Scott. Uh, my name is Dylan Locke. Uh, I am the owner of Floyd Country Store here in beautiful Floyd, Virginia. Uh, also, um, we have launched the Handmade Music School about two years ago, uh, which is also here at the Floyd Country Store and is dedicated to uh, teaching old-time bluegrass, traditional string band music, singing and dance, um, the way it was taught uh, for generations here in the mountains of Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, also, um, uh, I've just taken over about a year ago, County Sales, which is the world's largest uh, selection of old time and bluegrass music. And uh, also uh, am getting ready to launch uh, a program for teenagers here in Floyd County, which is going to be called the Music Loft. Uh, and it's going to take place at the old Blackwater Loft space uh, above county sales. And will be a program uh, dedicated to the young people in our community and giving them a voice uh, through the creative process and experiential learning techniques um, that will essentially allow them to drive and develop the, the curriculum and what that program looks like. So more on that later, but um, you can find out more about all of this stuff at floydcountrystore.com, handmademusicschool.com, countysales.com, and um, we've got lots of information. Of course, the Floyd Country Store is just um, a wonderful place that uh, I feel like I get to speak about it um, in a third party uh, sort of way. I feel like this is a... a, a an organization, a venue, a gathering space that's been a part of this community for so long uh, that my wife and I are just lucky enough to sort of be sitting in the driver's seat at this moment in time and so happy to be able to do that. Um, it brings a lot of people joy um, and it, it, it harkens back to a simpler time, a time when people just sort of uh, would get together and dance and play music and it's just really special and we're, we're very happy to be in the position of being here at the Floyd Country Store and just trying to work hard to develop um, more of the goodness that surrounds this place. Awesome. Well, I want to talk about all of these endeavors that you're currently um, involved in, but you and I have known each other for almost 20 years. And back in the day when we were just uh, young, young rascals uh, uh, making music in, in and around Floyd, Blacksburg, and Roanoke. Um, I knew you prim primarily as a guy that played bass in a lot of great bands and also um, somebody that was booking booking some venues in in and around Blacksburg. Um, and so that's quite a, quite a journey um, yeah. going from where you were to where you are now. And I would just, I would love first to actually just start with how, how did you actually get involved in musical enterprises in general, and then what took you from where, where you were when you and I first met to where you are now? Yeah. Yeah, well, music, I mean, from really early, music was was it for me. There was no doubt about it. I was going to be 
playing it, I guess, is what I thought. Um, and so there was just no other path. Nothing has ever sort of come in and said, oh, is music what I want to do? Um, it's been clear to me since, you know, 12, 13 years old that that's what I was going to do with my life. Um, now, as far as uh, playing and then the segue into promotion and, um, you know, I've done some management, I've done all kinds of things within the music um, industry business uh, world. Um, I also figured out pretty quickly that I felt like my um, strength was actually not on the stage. Um, and so that was, uh, but I didn't, it wasn't a failure to me to learn within myself that being a performer wasn't my first calling. Um, so, uh, it was in and around Blacksburg, uh, you know, whenever that was late nineties or whatever that I started realizing that I could have a lot of positive impact, uh, using music to bring people together. Uh, and started doing that by promoting shows uh, in the Lyric and uh, South Main Cafe, Bailey's, um, down in Roanoke and Salem. And uh, sort of started that journey right, right around that time where I um, got off the stage and got uh, into the wings and, and started uh, producing live events. And to me, it was really magical to work with a lot of my heroes in the music business and, and uh, present them and see the joy that it brought to the community that I cared about so much. Um, and one thing led to the other. I got offered a job. You know, I did the Lyric Theater in Blacksburg for eight years. Then the Jefferson Center in Roanoke offered me a job and I moved there and um, worked there for 13 years as the artistic director at the Jefferson Center. And, um, you know, the beautiful thing was the whole time I still got to play music. It's not like that part of it ever left um, what I did, uh, you know, outside of it. And um, there's been a lot of, like, you know, interesting observations about how the music world works on the business side of it that have shaped the way I think about um, what I do now, for example, uh, I started to feel during my tenure at Jefferson Center that music, uh, the business of music, putting on shows was very transactional, uh, that a lot of the touring artists were in a, a rut, a groove or a rut of um, just sort of going through the motions. Maybe they knew they were in Roanoke, Virginia. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't care. Uh, it sort of, to me, started getting very methodical and predictable. And yes, there was this 90 minutes or two hours of magic on the stage, but everything around it just felt like business as usual. And I, I thought was missing some of the, what it's all about. Um, though not everyone had that. Uh, I, I just, so that's when I started doing music education programs and outreach and really trying to engage the artists for what artists are good at in this world, which is opening our minds and having us think about things in a different way. And the impact that they have on young people, I think is powerful and transformative. Um, so I really started putting a lot of effort into that. And then the Floyd country store came along, which was an opportunity, which was totally different than what I was doing. But when I really thought about it, 
this is the place where people play music because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. There's no other thought about it, you know? And so it was exactly what I wanted in the position I was in. I wanted people just, you know, just to play and, and like care about it and want to tr- hand it down to people who cared about it. Um, and so it became a, a really perfect opportunity with where I was uh, feeling mentally and emotionally about uh, my career. Um, a good opportunity to sort of bring it back to where people just play because it's pure joy and love. And, um, and so now I'm rebuilding some of the education programs and some of the things, and we're building a, a, an environment here that's very supportive of the musicians. We care about the people who've been coming here for gener- decades and, um, and nurturing the younger people and the people who come from out of the area so that they understand this is, this is a powerful thing that we do here. Um, so that, that's been kind of the journey. And I, I'm trying to take all of those pieces of, of um, knowledge and experiences that I've had through performing, uh, producing, managing, and all of that and bring it to where I am today to create a really, you know, hopefully uh, exciting experience for people who come to visit here. It's awesome. What I love about what you just talking about that, the thing that I want to kind of stick a pin in for people that are currently living a, you know, kind of a, a life in the arts or, or, you know, creatively crafting a life um, in some sort of enterprise of their own creation is, you know, you set a destination on the horizon, you know, and I, and like you, mine was, I'm going to per- be a performing musician. But if you just, if you then go through life with blinders on, only fixed on that destination, you, you miss out on a ton of possibilities and opportunities that you never could have been a, expected or been expected to be aware of. Those things just kind of happen. Those opportunities and possibilities avail themselves. And if you're always kind of present in what you're doing, you can recognize these things and, and see that, you know, your, your destination, you can start to kind of course correct and tact and maybe even go on a different path. Um, that may end up even better than the initial destination. And I, I think a lot of people, uh, especially people that that are very driven you know set a goal a long-term goal and then they just drive themselves hard to that goal and it can be uh you can really in the music business as you already indicated you can see some people get into a rut or really grind themselves down um and one of the things i'd loved your take on this because i was a performing musician for a very long time and i always at the beginning promised I would never become one of those bitter old jaded guys that I was playing with, you know, that were just felt like they'd never got a break and weren't appreciated enough and blah, 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 blah. And there was a time in my career about 10 years ago where I started to, to feel that. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that, I, you know, I looked in the mirror. I was like, Hey, you're becoming one of those guys. And the thing that flipped the switch for me was to remember that this is the work that I get to do. It's not the work that I have to do. It was a choice. And all I had to do today was make enough to be able to get up and do it again tomorrow. And I could do it again. And if it didn't work out, I could always do something else. It didn't mean that I couldn't also be a musician. 
any any thoughts because I get that sense from you that you're always feeling like uh, an immense amount of gratitude for the fact that this is what this is what I get to do. Uh, especially when I see you at the country store and, you know, you, you guys are slammed busy and there's all sorts of chaos going around and you and Heather just seem to be really thrilled to be in the midst of it all. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think um, it's a crazy world. It's a crazy world. And to get to be able to be around a, such an amazing community as this and, and see people's generally speaking, people's joy and appreciation for us, the type of space that we get to provide, uh, it, it brings us, you know, I can't even put my finger or on it or explain it. I mean, I think it just brings us a lot of joy and we feel uh, a, a sense of, of purpose and, and, you know, it, 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 it provides such an important um, sort of nest, a comfort zone for a lot of people. But back to your point on, you know, sort of keeping your eyes open and, and, doors opening and all of that. I mean, everything in this world uh, takes, a, takes a team. It takes a community. It takes, it takes your family members. It takes your work uh, partners. It takes, um, you know, everything takes a group of people. You know, I don't think anything, I mean, there are some things that are just sort of individualized, but I mean, I feel like, um, and that's what's fun about teaching uh, younger people is like, you know, you might think that the marketing person or the sound engineer or the roadie or the bus driver is less important than the lead singer. Not necessarily so. One gets more exposure, but I mean, the whole thing has to work beautifully together. And some of my favorite um, and transformative moments for me is watching musicians, artists who uh, have zero ego in what they do and how they communicate and work together. It just has inspired me uh, to have that same take on it. And, and um, you have to give respect to all of the pieces of the puzzle. It, um, sure, being on stage is fun. Uh, getting the attention can be fun. It can also not be that fun. Um, but it's, it's something I think that uh, it, it's just, it's fun being part of a journey and it, it's, and it's, it feels gratifying to be part of a journey towards and for the right thing in this crazy world. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm grateful for all of the staff people I have and for all the musicians and all of the, you know, community people that offer and show support and even for the people who don't, you know? I mean, th those are hard ones for us, but in reality, when we think about it, it just provides us with, with, with clarity and sometimes opens our eyes, just like you looked in the mirror and said, I, you know, so it, it allows us to check ourselves. Um, and I, th I think if we stay grounded in that, then we'll continue to um, be, quote unquote, successful <laughs> at, um, at least providing a meaningful experience for people. Yeah. So there are a couple of things that I want to just pull on there because they're so very important. The, the idea of process versus outcome, you know, that you, you're talking about this as being a journey and, you know, life is like that. Any meaningful work that you're doing is like that because if, if you've achieved 
ultimate success in something, you probably chose to do something that really wasn't worth your valuable time, attention, and, and talent. Um, you know, the, the best things in life are things that we will never completely um, understand or or achieve. And so I love that idea that you're just, you know, every day is another step into possibility because there's always going to be another another thing to learn, another connection to make, uh, another goal to set. But the other is that idea of choosing your audience. And we talk uh, in, in my work that I do with Seth Godin in the marketing summer and some of the other programs, this is like the primary thing. Who do you seek to serve? Who is it that you are for? Because you have to be very, very clear on that. And in order to be very, very clear on who you're for, you have to be equally clear on who you're not for. And you have to be okay that you're only for people like us who do things like this. You can't, if you're for everybody or trying to appeal to everybody and everything, again, you're probably um, pursuing something that's not really worth your, your time, effort, and talents because that's mass, mass market stuff. And, you know, mass market stuff is by, by definition kind of uh, not going to be as in interesting and uh, it's not going to be um, as edgy for the people that are looking for, you know, that, that thing. And I, I think you guys do a masterful job of that. What's interesting to me is how often I will be in a conversation where some, where we're planning an event and we'll say, and somebody will say, Oh, we can't do it on Friday because the Floyd country store is open on Friday. And I, and if, if it's a jazz concert or something, I go, do you really think that the people that are going to play bluegrass at the Floyd country store are going to not come to a jazz concert because they'd rather be listening to banjo music because I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's actually a plus if we do this event on, on Friday. We're giving people that don't want to go to the country store an option um, of what to do with, with their afternoon. You also mentioned teachers, and I would love to know if there was a, a person or two in your life throughout your journey um, up to this moment that was really an important um, teacher figure or mentor or even just a hero who kind of helped inform and inspire you to you know land where you've landed now yeah you know it's interesting um i did not have a a person other than my parents um through grade school um i did not have a teacher or anyone that sort of really um spoke to me um so that's a little unfortunate um but it, it it is it has informed the way that i you know how i want my children to grow up you know i want to make sure that they're in environments where they absolutely have uh positive adult role models and peer peer models that uh, that they are inspired by and i think they get that through springhouse community school for my son and you know my daughter is is getting it through lots of opportunities here in in Floyd, um, but I would say, sort of um, in my career, uh, other than countless musicians that I you, you know if you ask me I couldn't pick one. Um, there was a moment in time where we had a executive director at Jefferson Center named Ball Graves. Um, who, who landed in, in Roanoke for less than a year. He really rolled in and then he rolled back out. He got the gig at the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago. Uh, but he um, 
said something to me, and this is not that long ago, but it was still a moment that was trans like transit uh, transition for me. Um, he said something. He left me a letter when he left that was kind of like, "You're a great programmer, programmer, one of the best I've seen, but you need to think off outside off the stage." And he, it was that moment in time where I went after the music lab down in Roanoke and brought that to Jefferson Center. And it's when I started thinking about, about not just putting people on stage, but engaging the musicians in uh, conversation, in education, in, in just a, a higher level of connectivity uh, with a community so that they're sharing their brilliance and their magic and their points of view uh, with the community. And that's why I'm so dedicated to uh, education, youth education, music education in general, um, because I just think it's, it, it gives people that, it, when, when the people that I've done this for, for the kids that have gone through Music Lab or the Music Loft that I start here, when, when you ask them this question when they're my age, they'll say, it was this moment in time at this concert with this artist that, that told me this, you know, they'll, they'll have several of these transformative moments that have, have shaped their lives. And that's what I want. That's the kind of work I want to have had an impact on. Awesome. So as we're approaching the end of our time together, I got a couple more questions I would love to get your thoughts on. So as a person that's um, kind of crafted his own way in doing his own work, um, on your own terms. Uh, I imagine, uh, that there were some significant challenges and I imagine that, uh, there were, there were mistakes made at, um, it, I, I have certainly made many and, uh, make them almost daily, but what is a, what is a big mistake moment for you, um, in the last, you know, 20 years and, um, how did you recover and, and what did you learn from that moment? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I have, I have those moments, you know, how people say no, don't have any regrets kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there, there have been, um, I try not to think about it like that. You know, I mean, I had this moment in time where, uh, my friends, uh, who played great, one of the best jazz bands out there in, in the world right now, Snarky Puppy. And I produced a project with them at Jefferson Center that won a Grammy. And uh, super exciting. And at the end of that project, you know, Michael was like, you know, uh, do you want to manage our band? And I really quickly said, no. <laughs> got a family, got a good job. No, you know. And from that moment on, they skyrocketed. I mean, they are, they've they've won two Grammys since. Uh, They're one of the most sought after jazz bands. They're doing really interesting work. Um, And I could be regretful about that decision, um, but I'm not because I'm here in Floyd. I have a great situation. I did stay close to my family. I didn't have to, that would have been hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think about it, you know, and I look at their success and, and, you know, there are moments when I'm like, darn it, you know, but, I, but one, I'm super happy for them. Like they are 
when I was earlier, when I was talking about the people who got their ego out of the way and talked uh, creativity and music on the highest level, that group of musicians does it better than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. And it's a family and they create art at the highest level. And I love it. And um, so that that's one situation. But I really choose not to think about it like that because I'm, I look around myself and I'm like, I'm not missing anything. Yeah, I'm not in Poland right now. But I'm employed, and I'm super happy about that, you know. And um, But, yeah, there's a lot of others. But, I mean, back to our point of, like, you know, one door closes or one mistake gets made, you either, like, spiral downward or you go left or right or keep going straight. You know, you just can't – you don't go backwards. Um, you, have to, you have to just keep moving. And I think um, it's been scary to craft um, – a lifestyle uh, that is, you know, not your traditional path. I didn't finish college. Um, there's a lot of things that I did that were, you know, I'm not sure whether to tell my kids to do it my way or the other way. I honestly don't know. Um, but what it has given me confidence in telling my kids is that anything's possible and that you don't have to always take a traditional path. And what is the traditional path anyway? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I think you and I had that in common. You know, it's, where am I? What's going on? And, you know, what do I make of this? Because everything, there's opportunity in everything, even in, even in what most people would, would um, characterize as a failure. You know, there is an opportunity, even when the opportunity is to practice humility, patience, and resilience, right? So uh, I think your, your, your answer is brilliant. Um, so that brings us to our last question, which is what is a tip or piece of advice that you would like to leave listeners with that will help them fly higher in an endeavor of, that they're involved in that, where they seek to make a difference? Well, I think the, the thing I believe really strongly in, and uh, I mostly tell young people this, but I think it applies to anybody, um, is that you have to find, you have to do what you love in this world. There's no time to, to just, I mean, there are times where you have to take a job to pay the bills, mm-hmm. but that should be a stepping stone towards what you're what you need to be doing. I think if people all found their sweet spot in life and then they'd be, then people would be happier. And you know, that's easier said than done. But then at the same time, I'm like, is it, you know, I think it might be that easy. Um, uh, you, you know, I, I think that that's my hope for everyone is that they wake up every day excited uh, about what they get to do, you know, and kind of embrace the challenges and all of that. Um, so that's that's probably that's probably my biggest thing um, because it's brought me so much joy to you know I'm glad that when I decided music was my thing that I did it and that I was open to it being a different version of what I initially thought. It still landed me in a place where I get to be around these creative people every day of my life, and I'm. I'm continuously inspired by their energy and their, you know, and, you know, we have all kinds of people that come into the Floyd country store. And I think that they're seeking, um, 
the same thing that I see every day. And so it makes me really excited that, that people are looking for this and they, they crave it these days. Um, so that tells me that they're not all doing that. They're not all finding that sweet spot, but they're coming and looking for it. Uh, so I hope that for people. I really do. I love it. That's the dirty little secret. We're all in charge of our own journey. And so if you are willing to uh, put yourself on the hook, you can make change happen in any way that you any way that you want. I love it. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Dylan and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. And we hope that today's conversation motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Dylan Locke and all of his enterprises at, give us those websites again, Dylan. Uh, Floydcountrystore.com, handmademusicschool.com, countysales.com, and floydcreativestudios.org. Love it. And of course, it's always great to see you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com as well. Now, go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Dylan Locke, thank you so much for giving us some of your time and attention today.